Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the 90s, and the occult is an American obsession. You ever heard of invoking the spirit? Black magic. Movies like The Craft are box office gold. People were intensely interested in the occult at the time, especially because of pop culture. And TV cult hit Buffy the Vampire Slayer makes slain vamps cool. With artists like Marilyn Manson topping the charts, music and the teens who listen to it are shrouded in darkness. It's kind of like a renaissance of rock and roll. While many kids are embracing alternative music and the fashions that go along with it, 12-year-old Shanda Cher of New Albany, Indiana, prefers pop ballads, girly threads, and lots of hairspray. Shanda had this massive head of beautiful, wavy, curly hair. So when she did her hair, there was probably a whole can of hairspray in there. Shanda and her mom, Jackie, are very close. We just hung out. She was just my little buddy. Previously, Shanda attended a small Catholic school in Kentucky. At that school, Shanda made great grades, and she was in gymnastics, basketball, baseball. She was a cheerleader. She just was a, a real social butterfly. But to be closer to Shanda's father, Steve, and stepmother, Sharon, who live in Clark County, Indiana, Jackie chooses to relocate to nearby New Albany. I don't think there's an area that more typified middle-class America. It's like going back a century. I was actually the first black officer in Southern Indiana. It was a pretty close-knit community. And Shanda couldn't be happier to be living near family. Shanda was just a sweet girl, and you could tell she really adored her father. In late August 1991, Shanda starts seventh grade at a new school, Hazelwood Middle School. The night before the first day, we probably spent three hours her trying on outfits. Shanda's anxious about making friends at Hazelwood. Hazelwood Middle School. It was probably 10 times bigger than the school she went to. But the first couple days went well. Then on the third day, Jackie gets a call from the assistant principal with alarming news. 
One of the girls that she'd made friends with wanted to break up with her boyfriend and wanted to give the little boy the ring back. And Shanda said, well, I'll do it for you. Eager to prove she can be a good friend, Shanda gives the boy his ring back. And he's like, who are you? This is none of your business. And about that time, Amanda Heverin came over. The 14-year-old Amanda confronts Shanda. Turns out the boy is the cousin of Amanda Heverin. Amanda said she shouldn't be buttoning in where she didn't belong. And she threw Shanda to the ground. When a teacher breaks up the fight, Amanda walks away unscathed, while Shanda has a nasty bump on her head. After she got in that fight, she was put in detention for a week. Shanda and Amanda wind up in detention together. And rather than fighting in detention, they become friends. A few days after detention, Jackie comes home from work and finds Shanda with a new friend. And I was in total shock when I was introduced to her as her being Amanda. I said, Shanda, this little girl hit you. That is not the kind of person you need to be a friend with. And she said, you know, Mom, she's really not bad. She's nice. Jackie realized her daughter really wanted to be friends with this person, and she accepted Amanda. But Shanda doesn't share details she's learned about Amanda's personal life with her mother. Amanda and this girl, Melinda Loveless, had an on-again, off-again relationship. Melinda is a glamorous Julia Roberts lookalike and 16, a year older than her classmates. Melinda had to repeat a, a year in school, which was why she was not with her peers. Melinda and Amanda were open about their relationship, which was very unusual for that time period, especially in a small town in Indiana. While New Albany, Indiana may be small town USA, homosexuality is not a strange concept to 90s teens. This year I'm going to take my boyfriend to prom. Gay people are here. We're not leaving. Gay youth across the nation are taking a stand. We're lesbian Avengers and we don't give a damn. We're allowed to rock and stand. We're fighting for our rights and our sex and our necks and our sex. <laughs> Melinda and Amanda are also accustomed to holding their ground. Sometimes people would harass them for being gay, but they couldn't care less. This was a serious relationship for both girls. But lately, things have soured. Melinda was very controlling. I think Amanda was tired of that. And things started to break down. This is why when Shanda Scherer transferred into the school, Amanda sees somebody who's young enough that she can shape, that she can control in some way. And I think that was a big part of the attraction to Shanda. And Amanda broke away from Melinda. In the decade before texting and social media take off, the girls deploy a classic of teen communication, passing notes. Amanda decided that the way she would approach Shanda is through letters where she would compliment Shanda about her appearance, her clothing. She would say, do you like girls? It's a confusing question. Shanda was 12 years old. She didn't have any decided sexuality at that point in her life. She had been boy crazy, but people experiment at those ages. Amanda lays it on thick, and the two start spending more and more time together. With the school dance quickly approaching, Shanda agrees to go as Amanda's date. 
Shanda went with Amanda to the school dance and had a ball. But then Melinda Loveless shows up. When Melinda spots the couple, she is not pleased. Melinda became jealous. She saw Shanda as a competitor for Amanda's affections. Melinda confronts them. And she gives Shanda a warning. Stay away from Amanda. Undeterred by Melinda's wishes, Shanda continues to see Amanda. And soon, Shanda's mother begins to see worrying changes in her daughter. She was failing a lot of her classes. And I found out Amanda had been showing her how to sign my signature. And she'd been signing my name to the progress reports. Every time she got in trouble, it was with Amanda Heverin. Amanda was like a little thug and she was in trouble a lot. I immediately said, no more Amanda, that's it. But Shanda continues hanging out with Amanda behind her mother's back. Shanda wasn't the kind of kid that would be in your face, but she wasn't gonna back down. Her secret doesn't stay under wraps for long. Shanda had written Amanda a letter and she put it in the mail, but she didn't put a stamp on it. It of course came back the things that were in the letter. I was just devastated. I miss the touch of your soft body. It was obvious from that letter that Shanda and Amanda had had physical contact. If she was lesbian, so what? I don't care. The issue for me was she had this older person pressuring her into doing things. Shanda was 12. She's a baby. Jackie called us and said, we need to talk. Jackie believes Shanda is not ready for such a mature relationship and with Steve's help, transfers Shanda to a private Catholic school. Right after we found that letter, I went to Our Lady and they let her start the following week. The new school seems to do the trick. Within three weeks, she had new friends and she was going to try out for cheerleading. My old child came back. Amanda tries to keep in touch, but Shanda's busy with her new friends. And Amanda doesn't like being ignored. I tried to call you about three times, but your mom said you couldn't talk. I need to see you. Shanda, I love you. On January 2nd, 1992, Shanda writes a letter to her friend complaining. Lisa, I wish Amanda would stop calling me and following me. It seems Shanda is ready to move on from her tumultuous life at Hazelwood Middle School and Amanda. Around 10.45 a.m., just outside Madison, Indiana, a local hunter is headed to his favorite spot on rural Lemon Road. He looked over and thought he saw something, but he wasn't sure. So he took another look. That was the start of the nightmare for everybody that was involved. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Janice from Warner Brothers Discovery. Have you ever heard the expression, perfect is the enemy of good? I think about that a lot, especially when it comes to my body and health, because perfect does not exist. It's a total trap. Noom isn't into this perfection thing either. Its unique approach is tailored to each person's psychology and biology. From coaching to recipes, Noom's app provides personalized information to help you on your journey, no one else's journey. I also think it's great that Noom doesn't restrict what you can eat, and it doesn't shame you for treating yourself. And treat yourself, you should. What's more, Noom's approach is grounded in science. They've even published more than 30 peer-reviewed scientific articles about how they work. To date, Noom has helped more than 5.2 million people lose weight by helping them build new habits for a healthier lifestyle. So why not give it a try? Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Just outside Madison, Indiana, a local hunter makes a grim discovery. He came across the, the burned body. That's when he reported what had happened. 20 minutes later, law enforcement arrives. Homicide detectives with Indiana State Police, along with CSI officer Curtis Wells, report to process the scene. It's been three years since there had been a homicide in Jefferson County, Indiana. It appears to be the body of a young woman. I'd been on the job about 18 years. Not every day that you even see any woman with her body badly burned like that. We went up to the body. At first sight, it really appeared to be a mannequin, but you could smell the horrible smell of, of burning flesh. She was wrapped in a blanket. The victim was lying on her back. The upper part of the body was severely burned. It was really horrible. The victim's arms are in the air with her hands and clenched fists. We found this soft drink bottle that has an accelerant in it. You could smell it. At that point, we did have video cameras with the VHS tape. I took a lot of video around that scene. While Officer Wells continues to collect evidence, 
Investigators check missing persons reports for young women, but none match the description of the victim. I wondered why would somebody do this and then leave her out in the wide open? If they just went a few more yards, they could have placed her in the woods and she may have been there till next winter. It's a question no one can answer, but police have their suspicions. In the early 90s, there was a fascination with the occult. In the preceding decade, the occult was a growing theme. On shows like Geraldo. Whether a Satan exists is a matter of belief, but we are certain that Satanism exists. Now the 90s see satanic panic in full swing. In the early 90s, we were starting to see more bizarre stories. The occult was the new fear factor. The obsession with Satanism is so prevalent, law enforcement has given tools to help combat the occultic boom. There are some things that some Satanists do that lead to illegal behavior, which might include human sacrifice. Some Satanic groups dispose of their victim by dismembering the body and cremating the remains, eliminating any possibilities for identification. And not far from the crime scene, there's an abandoned house deemed the Witch's Castle by locals. The Witch's Castle, it's a creepy place where kids go and drink, party, do demonic things. On Halloween, we have hundreds of people that come up there. Could this body be the victim of a horrific ritual? She didn't spontaneously combust. Wouldn't be surprising to think that it would be satanic. Once all the evidence has been collected from the crime scene, investigators call the coroner to pick up the body for autopsy. They prepare for a long investigation ahead. But first, they need to find the most crucial piece of the puzzle, the identity of the victim. Around 9.30 that night, a distraught 15-year-old walks into the Indiana State Police Department with her parents. Her name was Tony Lawrence. And she says that she knows something about a murder. After escaping the drama at Hazelwood Middle School, 12-year-old Shanda Scherer has been at her new Catholic school for two months, and she seems happy. I think she was just back to her, her old self. At 11.30 p.m., Shanda is watching TV at her father Steve's house. She was safe. She was at home. He told her to turn the TV off in a half hour and... Go to bed. At 7 a.m. the next morning, Steve is making coffee when Sharon delivers disturbing news. Shanda wasn't in her room. I thought maybe she snuck out, but I'm worried because she's never done that since she's been here. We looked all through New Albany, all around Hazelwood. We just couldn't figure out where she was at. With no sign of Shanda, Steve makes the toughest call of his life. My phone rang, and it was Steve. He said, we cannot find Shanda. Your heart just falls on the floor. 15 minutes later, when Jackie arrives at Steve's house, she realizes Shanda's purse is on the table. If there's one thing I know about my child, she didn't go to the bathroom without that purse. It's everything a little girl holds dear. And I said, call the police. Shanda's parents file a missing persons report with a local officer from the Clark County Sheriff's Department. 
When the police arrived to Steve Scherer's home, they're trying to understand who is Shanda Scherer? Who could she have possibly gone missing with? Shanda's parents provide all the information they can think of. Her parents are doing their best to figure out where Shanda could have gone, but they truly are stumped. At a loss for what else to do, they keep busy working the phones. And all day long, we're calling everybody we can think of. We did call Amanda Heverin, and we asked her. And she said, no, I haven't seen her. Amanda said, maybe you want to call this person, maybe they've heard from her. And I thought, Amanda knew exactly what happened. Even if Shanda's family has suspicions about Amanda's involvement, there's nothing they can do but wait. Steve was kind of frantic. Every time the phone would ring, he would jump up. Deep down, you know it's something horribly wrong. As Shanda's parents agonize in Clark County, a 15-year-old named Tony Lawrence arrives at the Indiana State Police Department, 45 miles away in Madison, to tell them about a horrible crime. Tony's family was middle class. She was raised in a good home. She was kind of a wallflower. And for all intents and purposes, she was a good kid. But this good kid has an evil tale to tell. They go into the room to interview her. She seemed to be crying a lot. She seemed to be a little bit unhinged. Tony tells police some girl she was with the night before bragged they were going to go to the witch's castle and kill a girl. And they did. She'd said that she had never met the victim in her entire life and didn't know the last name, but she knew that her name was Shanda. Though Tony doesn't know Shanda's last name, she does know that she was staying in Clark County. While her interview continues, Officer Wells contacts the Sheriff's Department in Clark County to see if they have a missing persons report for a girl named Shanda, last name unknown. Said, did you take a missing persons report? And they said, yes, I did. And gave me the name, the information, everything that had been taken from her father. Officer Wells compares the murder victim in the field with the missing persons report for Shanda Scherer. The descriptions are a match. The body was burned so badly, they couldn't tell her age. I was absolutely stunned that somebody could commit a murder like this and just with a child. Once we were armed with the information, another detective went to the home. It's around midnight when an Indiana State Police officer knocks on Steve Scherer's door. We sat down and he looked at us, he said, Shane just gone. What do you mean she's gone? And he said, your child has been murdered. And I just started screaming. It just took her breath away. And then um, Steve laid down and he, he just kept saying my baby. And that was horrible. But it got a lot worse when we found out what happened to her. Before mass yesterday, the students at Our Lady of Perpetual Help found out a classmate was killed. 
I was literally in the living room watching television, and it came across the news. The bubbly teen who liked basketball and loved the color lavender died of smoke inhalation. Apparently, she was alive when set on fire. Nobody knew how to tell me, and I learned that from the news. During her interview with the police, Tony Lawrence tells the sadistic story. Tony tells police that she and her friend Hope went along with their friend Lori Tackett to a punk rock concert. All three teens attend Madison Consolidated High School. Madison, Indiana, is 50 miles away from New Albany. So what could those girls possibly know about Shanda Scherer? None of them had ever met Shanda, and until tonight, Hope and Tony had no plans to. Hope and Tony have been friends since kindergarten. And it's Hope who introduces Tony to Lori Tackett. Hope and Lori were friends, but there's no doubt Tony thought Lori was strange. Lori had a boy cut style hair, very severe, blonde, and wearing all black and gothic looking. It's only once Tony gets in the car to go to the concert that Lori reveals her true and terrifying intentions. Lori asks Hope, have you told Tony yet? And Tony's going, what? But tell me what? And Lori says, we're gonna kill a little girl tonight. Tony is not believing her ears. To her, that was some kind of sick joke. As Lori drives, she tells them they are picking up another friend of hers who they don't know. And it's this friend who wants to kill the little girl. Look at the little one go. Well, we'll the little one go. <laughs> a few hours later, around midnight, the girls arrive at Shanda's house with a plan to lure her out. The plan was that Hope and Tony, they would tell Shanda that Amanda was waiting for her and they were all going to go out together. Tony still doesn't believe that they're going to hurt this child. What she thinks is that they're just going to scare her. When Shanda first opened the door, she doesn't know who these girls are. And she's obviously leery of, who are you people? Why do you, what are you asking me to go out for? But the minute it's explained, no, we're friends of Amanda, that changes the whole picture for Shanda. It's been two months since Shanda left her old school and life behind. But young love can be a fickle flame. She sneaks out. She wants to see Amanda. Shanda gets in the car and where's Amanda? There's no Amanda. And she starts asking about her. They told her that Amanda was waiting for her at the witch's castle. And Shanda, intrigued that Amanda still wants to see her, agrees to the spur-of-the-moment trip. Suddenly, Lori's friend, who is hiding and lying in wait on the floorboard, springs up. The mysterious fourth passenger is not Amanda. It's her ex-girlfriend, Melinda Loveless. And she grabs Shanda by the hair and puts the knife to her throat and says, shut up, bitch. I'm absolutely sure that this poor little girl was terrified. I mean, just absolutely terrified. Based on Tony's confession, 
Indiana State Police arrest Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett for the murder of Shanda Scherer. Less than one day after her body was found brutalized and burned. The whole community was traumatized by it. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's just something that we could not possibly imagine. It's pretty scary to think that kids of that age could be involved in such a violent act. I think people were baffled that girls could have the evilness inside of them to do something like that. With an epidemic of teen violence sweeping the nation, the news of Shanda's murder stands out. This involved a love triangle between one 12-year-old girl and a couple of teenage girls. Melinda Lovelace wanted uh, Shanda Scherer out of the way. Shortly after the arrests, Officer Wells combs Lori's car for evidence. There was a tire iron that appeared to have bodily fluids on it. There was blood, there was hair. This car is just filled with evidence. You could tell she had a terrible night. It was, it was just bad. Authorities can now move forward with the prosecution of the four teens. When interviewed by investigators, both Lori and Melinda point fingers at one another. Detectives fan out to speak to family, classmates, teachers, and friends to build their case and try to understand what led to the brutal act. As detectives delve into Melinda's past, they uncover a history of disturbing behavior. These children aren't born murderers. The things that Melinda went through were unbelievable. Her father was an absolute monster. Melinda lived in a household that was filled with abuse, physical, sexual, violence. Her father was later convicted of that. Melinda developed into a violent teen with an intense jealous streak. She actually sprayed mace in someone's face when this boy was bothering Amanda. Melinda had to have it all, and it had to be her way. Investigators discover that several months earlier, Amanda Heverin's father had filed a complaint after finding alarming letters written by Melinda Loveless. One of them makes Melinda's motive and intention clear. She had written to Amanda threatening to kill Shanda and saying how much she hated her. But it wasn't until the fall of 1991 that Melinda found someone who would help her set a plan in motion, Lori Tackett. They meet through mutual friends and soon discover they have a lot in common. Lori's also had a difficult upbringing in a fundamentalist home. So she rebels by immersing herself in Satanism and witchcraft. Lori Tackett wasn't just involved with the occult. She was fascinated with fire and arson. She talked about how she wanted to burn somebody. She talked about how she wanted to stick a knife into somebody's stomach to feel what it felt like. She had a true bloodlust. The two girls realize they each have a need the other can fulfill. Laurie Tackett wanted to kill somebody. That was what motivated her. She wanted to take another life. This is one of the most lethal combinations. Lori had a bloodlust, and Melinda had a rage with a desire for revenge and murder. 
By killing Shanda, they would both get what they want. Police deduced they just needed someone to lure Shanda out of the house. That's where Hope and Tony fit in. I don't think as these two girls lured Shanda into that car that they had any idea about what they were really getting into. But they wound up participating in an unimaginable night of cruelty and torture. Two Indiana teenagers are charged with killing Shonda Sheriff. Shonda was burned beyond recognition. Lori Tackett and Melinda Loveless have been arrested for the murder of Shanda Scherer. On March 16, 1992, Tony Lawrence and Hope Rippey are also charged for their roles in Shanda's death. The judge rules the four teens will be tried as adults. And with evidence of aggravating circumstances, Melinda Loveless and Lori Tackett are eligible for the death penalty. Prosecutor Guy Townsend is on a mission to make sure they face the consequences of their actions. The prosecutor had made it very clear that if the plea agreement wasn't entered into, it was going to proceed on the death penalty. Lori and Melinda both take a plea deal. They decided to plead guilty in return for me taking the death penalty off the table. Hope and Tony also plead guilty. None of the girls will stand trial, but all four face sentencing hearings. On December 14, 1992, Melinda Lovelace's hearing begins, and the gruesome details of Shanda's tragic last night are finally revealed. After Shanda Scherer is lured into Lori's car, Melinda threatens to slit her throat. The girls drive off with a terrified Shanda in their grasp. Amanda Heverin's nowhere to be seen. She doesn't know this is even going on. This whole thing was Melinda Lovelace's plan to get revenge because of her jealousy. After she got into the car, first stop was what they call the witch's castle. Lori was fascinated by this place. She believed that nine witches were burned at that castle. She talked about knowing the spirits who were there. Shandon did what any human being would do, and that is beg, plead. Lori produces two pieces of rope. She's going to tie the wrists of Shanda, and Melinda is going to tie the ankles. Tony Lawrence claims she looked on in horror at the scene, but did nothing to stop it. Melinda punched her really hard. It hurt her bad. They tried to slice her throat. When the knife turns out to be too dull to kill Shanda, the girls strangle her into unconsciousness and throw her into the trunk of Lori's car. They take off with Shanda still clinging to life. Shanda Scherer suffered unbelievable pain and agony for hour after hour. The girls drive all night, occasionally stopping to beat Shanda some more. As the sun rises on a new day, Shanda is still trapped inside Lori's trunk. Shanda was making so much noise in the trunk they pulled over. Lori Tackett got out and went to the trunk and hit Shanda in the head with the tire iron. They were laughing about this. Ultimately, the last stop they made was to buy a two-liter bottle of Pepsi and fill the Pepsi container with gasoline. 
According to Tony, Lori tells everyone they're going to burn Shanda and end her life once and for all. Then they took this poor little girl out to Lemon Road near Madison and both Lori Tackett and Hope Rippey stood over her, poured gasoline on her body and lit it. I'm sorry. I pray that she went unconscious because I just hate to even think about her having to lay there and breathe in fire. There's no hell big enough for these girls. They testified that the last thing she said was mommy. It's hard to live with all that. Lori and Melinda tried to put the blame on the other. It was, oh, I wouldn't have done anything at all if it hadn't been for her. Lori dons a new look for an interview with a local news station. It wasn't really a fact that I can't believe I'm doing this. It was a fact that I can't believe this is happening. While Melinda's testimony attempts to minimize her role in the murder. But neither girl is successful. On January 4th, 1993, Melinda and Lori are both sentenced to 60 years in prison. Not long after, Hope is also sentenced to 60 years. Tony was the least culpable of the group. One of the most played pieces of video we had was Tony Lawrence running from the cameras and her screaming, this blood-curdling scream in anguish. At what her life had become. But Shanda's mother has no sympathy for Tony. There was just opportunity after opportunity after opportunity for somebody to say no. Tony is sentenced to 20 years. Shanda's father never recovered from losing his baby girl. He literally drank himself to death. And he's buried right next to her. The ripple effect from this is never stops. It just never stops. Tony Lawrence, Hope Rippey, and Lori Tackett have all been released on parole. Melinda Loveless is due for release in 2019. Melinda's evil. And when she gets out of prison, will I be afraid? Yes. I will. Because we all know what she's capable of. After Steve passed away, I dreamt that I could see him sitting in a chair and she was sitting on his lap. And he was saying to me, isn't she beautiful? And I said, yes, she is. Every day, I consciously wake up and try and find my glass half full. I'll be with Shanda again. That's what keeps me going every day. She's my little angel. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.